Uk este Elton. Agarreste the guard to miss. Pretty good. Habakim Bajashua Kahar Zion Lo Yamot Lorlam Yashiv. He is risen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. There you go. Comfort. Comfort my people says your God. Isaiah chapter 40 is what Frank wants you to know about, and we're going to look at it together today. It's on page 599 of your pew Bible, and yep, it's Bible study time. Open it. Get there. Page 599. While you get there, I want to tell you a little bit about Frank, because, I mean, you know a lot about Frank, and you know he's worth talking about. He was a good man. The father, husband, Grandfather, serviceman, worker, laborer, pastor. What a life. And born, baptized, confirmed, married. That's St. Paul? Yeah? No. So not married. Born, baptized, confirmed, uh, ordained, and now laid to rest at St. Paul Lutheran Church, Rockford, Illinois, married to Bonnie. What church? Do you remember? Can you tell me? First Lutheran at First Lutheran Church here in Rockford. Yeah, hallelujah which you should say amen to. Uh, hallelujah. That's right. Praise Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? We want to say that. So Frank lived quite a life. And we could fill up tombs and volumes with stories. And you have and you will. And for the luncheon, please do. I didn't know Frank very well. Uh, five years with him as my inherited special ministry pastor, associate pastor. That's LCMS gobbledygook talk for, um, it kind of, a, I don't know what I'm going to get a retired guy. Interesting. And Frank was such a gift to me, constantly a gift to me in every way. And particularly as he would watch the underside of St. Paul while we went through a lot of hurdles together. There's been a bunch of ups and downs and changes and twists and turns for everybody in the world since 2017, 2018, when I first got to meet him. And uh, to up to the end then, or I got to chat with him just four weeks ago today, uh, the last time I really had a good conversation with him, a uh, Friday afternoon, and he's, he's sitting there in his chair, and he is the most jovial and uplifting and encouraging person I could possibly talk to. I'm supposed to be comforting him, and he's sitting there telling me all the stuff he's going to do for St. Paul and for me as soon as he's back at church. And he told me it'd be about four weeks. About a month, he said. Actually, those are his words. About a month from today, I'd say, I'll be back in church, back at St. Paul. Now, I walked out of there. God, I believe him. Yeah, okay, he's going to heal. We're, we're going to have a Jehoiada moment. You know who Jehoiada is? Jehoiada was a high priest in the Old Testament who saved the Davidic line from destruction by Jezebel's line and uh, helped that young infant king rise up to power and bring about reformation and, and good life in Zion, Jerusalem, the, the kingdom of Judah. Uh, and uh, Jehoiada is the high priest who saves this kid, and he lives 130 years. 130 years, like longest guy in the Old Testament after Genesis. Yeah, And so well, Frank was 81. It's like, okay, 110, right? Let's do it, Jesus. I walked out. I said, I pray. 
30 years, Jesus, please. Have Frank be up and about it. He'll get some healthy fat and protein in his diet. He'll be spry and strong and, and living with the Spirit. And, uh, you know, I saw him again a couple days later. My heart dropped a little bit. Uh, but I thought, oh, whatever. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. Four weeks to the day, he's back at St. Paul. And he's, he's getting some of the best rest he's ever had. Again, I don't know a lot about Frank, but I know he didn't sleep well. And that means a lot to me because I don't sleep well. I sleep quite terribly. I don't need to belittle you or berate you with it or anything like that. But like, I, 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 anybody who doesn't sleep well, I immediately like feel for them because I'm like, I'm with you, you know? And I got to see Frank in the hospital once several years ago, and, and he was kind of sleeping, and he was moving, and he was uncomfortable, and I just felt my heart just poured out for him. Because I know how valuable a good night's rest is. I know how valuable it is to lay your burdens down. And then isn't that exactly what this is, in fact? Is that Frank is getting the sleep in Jesus Christ, which lays one's burdens down at the foot of the cross and rests in the promises that this life is but a passing moment in the eternity into which we've already been risen, because he is risen. Hallelujah, don't miss it. Don't miss it. All right, Isaiah 40 then. Let's look look at this, where it says, verse one, comfort, comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from Jesus Christ's hands double for all her sins. The story that happened right before this is the salvation of Jerusalem from the threat of Assyria and the Rabshakeh and the, the great empire that takes away kings with hooks in their noses and makes them uh, you know, push, kind of like judges of old, push big objects for fun and laugh at them and makes the peoples become slaves and turns them apart and and intermarries their families and destroys their cultures, this army had come to the very gates of Jerusalem after wiping off the north half of, of Israel, called Israel, and then they are driven away by the armies of God's angels after Hezekiah the king repents and prays in the temple, knowing that only God could save God's people. And after this, with this, the promise is then comfort. My people, comfort, says your God, the war's over. That's the history of this moment. And why is it in the Bible? Because it's actually about Jesus. I'll make a real fast jump here, but I think you can make it with me. Uh, But just as the devil had threatened to take the entire universe, just as he threatened to take your own body and soul, Jesus Christ entered into this universe as one perfect ultimate man in order to be the temple that God needed for him to repent on our behalf for us. We couldn't do it. So he did it for us. He repented perfectly on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that changes everything forever. Meaning that this comfort, comfort, that he said to Jerusalem about how the war with Assyria was over, means that now your war against God is over. He's on your side. Always, forever, yesterday, Today, tomorrow, the same. His name is Jesus Christ. And can I get an alleluia? Oh, I want an amen, though. We got to work on this. It's alleluia, amen. No, alleluia, amen. Oh, you're beating me with alleluias. God be praised for alleluias. We'll have to talk, sir. I want to hear your theory. It's good. It's good. Comfort, comfort my people. Verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Hear that the Lord is Jesus Christ. 
There is no question that Jesus is Lord, ascended to the right hand of God, interceding for us as his church on earth. There is no way to the Father but through him. So to say that Jesus is Lord or that in the wilderness prepare the way of Jesus is what this text means is only normal and and natural. And it will open the Old Testament to you if you'll start looking that way. Make straight the desert a highway for our God. Let me take this moment to say that means speak the word of God wherever you are. That's what that means. What is Isaiah being told to do? Speak the word of God. When John the Baptist will quote this before Jesus comes, what does it mean? Speak the word of God. Wherever you are, whoever you are, there is truth and there is lies. And the truth is ultimately God's word, whether it's his created word, you know, let there be light. I know people don't believe that anymore, but let there be light, created word, his redeeming word, right? I forgive you. It's his redeeming word. And then his, his sanctifying word, right? Watch, take courage, things like that. Those words are yours. Those words were Frank's. And he loved those words so much, he decided to speak them the rest of his life. Uh, he, he laid down one type of labor and picked up another, that of trying to put those words into as much of his, of his life as possible. Let me, in, let me let you in on a little secret. Pastors aren't really different than you at all. I mean, if you're a woman, you know, we're guys in, in the Holy Christian Church, but uh, pastors aren't really different than you in terms of our humanity uh, the only difference is we just spend more time actually in the Bible than you do, and so it comes out of us more. I suggest to you that if you don't like the anxiety and the darkness and the, the terrors of the present age, it's because you're eating too much of not Bible, and you're not eating enough Bible. And trying to put a little bit more into you will make a little bit more come out of you, and I tell you, it's like spitting rainbows. Really. You're spitting rainbows everywhere you go. Once you figure out, comfort, comfort you, my people. You can say that to anybody today, anywhere. They come to you, oh my goodness, I stubbed my toe. Comfort, comfort you, my people. God is on your side. It's true forever. He is risen. Alleluia. Let's skip down a little bit to verse eight. I'd love to take us through the whole thing, but uh, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of Jesus, the word of God stands forever. That's a nice one to put on your wall at home. It's a nice one for a funeral because here he is, right? His body has faded as will every single one of ours. They already are in many ways, right? And so that's, that's a known thing. What always is interesting or, or hard, I suppose, is that we all know these kinds of things are coming. Yet we manage to push the ideas away far enough that when it happens, it's kind of like a blow, right? I don't think that's, you know, that's not just you, right? That, that's humanity. And I think what it shows is that we do not believe God is in fact the one killing us. Rather, we think it's kind of an accident. You know, God made it, there's sin, and I guess we're going to die, but, but God doesn't really want that. But that's just not the way the Bible talks. Death is God killing us because we are children of Adam, who is the first sinner, and therefore we're all sinners. And if you don't like that word, it just means you, you miss the mark of perfection, and duh, comfort my people, God's war against your sin is over, but your flesh is still going to wear out and perish, even though this word shall not wear out and perish. And that is why the words, I forgive you in Jesus' name, right? Or, Or the words, he is risen. Alleluia. These words endure 
When you speak such words, words from the Bible, heaven sings with you. Demon spirit, Jesus' name especially, the demon spirit, they flee. And this was Frank's life, which is why I'm telling it to you. It's yours too. You don't have to be a pastor to do this stuff, to, t- to comfort someone with the name of Jesus. Get up on a high mountain, go tell it on a mountain. We'll leave that for now. Look at verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of Jesus Christ? Or what man has shown him counsel? Whom did he, that's Jesus Christ, consult? Or who made Jesus Christ understand? Who taught Jesus Christ the path of justice or taught Jesus Christ knowledge or showed Jesus Christ the way of understanding? Look, the nations are a drop in a bucket and are like dust on the scales, but Jesus takes up the coastlands as if they are fine dust. Verse 17, all nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted as nothing. So who would you compare this God to? Verse 21, do you not know Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth that it is Jesus Christ who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants, that's us, are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain, spreads it like a tent to dwell in. He brings princes to nothing. He makes rulers of the earth as void, as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted. Scarcely are they sown. Scarcely do they take root. He blows. They wither. And the tempest carries them off. So to whom would you compare Jesus Christ? To whom could be like him, says the Holy One of Israel. Just reading, right? Verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. It's talking about the stars, right? Who created the stars? Who brings their host by number and calls them by name? By the greatness of his, that's God's, that's Jesus Christ's might, he is strong in power and not a star is missing. So then, here's the moment, right? So you're grieving, right? You're grieving. And I'm shouting about you at you about the power of God and how big he is. And this is, this is the punch here. This is home plate. Why in your grief would you ever say, my way is hidden from Jesus. Why would you ever say, why has God done this? Because that would mean that you don't trust God at all. Because surely God has always done it. And surely he has a good reason in Jesus Christ to do it. So why, do you, why would you believe that he doesn't see you right now, where you are, every single one of you, your battles, your trials, your ups, your downs, your strengths, your weak, all the whole thing, the sin you don't want to talk about, the good things no one told you were good and you know they are. Jesus knows all that. Haven't you been told? No one told you that? Did anyone know? That's the next verse, verse 28. Has no one told you this? Jesus Christ is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That means he does stuff you're not going to understand. You're like a pot in the, in the, the potter's hands, but he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no mighty increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Even the young men shall fall exhausted. Verse 30 sets up verse 31, which is the punch of of Frank's favorite, right? Um, But verse 30 kind of sets it up. And it's sort of a weird thing to say just by itself. But what it's getting at here is, you know, even even a child, a three-year-old child who will just 
you know, you let that little three-year-old boy run around, he's, you're going to chase him for a very long time, and you're going to get tired before he does, but he's going to eventually get tired. He's going to have to lie down. Or, or even, even a, a 19-year-old boy who's just really in his vigor, he's ready for football, baby, it's time, right? Uh, even he can break a leg or get knocked out. And even, even he can, can faint. That's the setup for verse 31. But they who wait for Jesus Christ shall renew their strength. That word wait is huge. That's the word trust in. To trust in Jesus Christ is not to take matters into your own hands unless Jesus has told you to do so, right? So if you're a father, you have a son, you've got to take your son into your own hands and raise him. That, you don't get out of that one. But when you don't have the right, when it isn't your problem, let me suggest a couple things that aren't your problem. Ukraine, Hawaii, Washington, D.C., Springfield. Well, getting closer. <laughs> yeah. But where are your problems, Rockford? In your home. Those are your problems. That's where I suggest you learn to wait upon the name of Jesus Christ. And it goes like this. Something happens, you don't like it, and you want to say something, and that thing's bitter, angry, rage-filled in some way, and if anybody's near you, it's going to hurt them. And I suggest you try to say, Alleluia, or Jesus Christ. Now, you might say Jesus Christ like this, Jesus Christ, and you'll go, wait a minute, I just cursed. And I'll say, well, did you? And you'll say, uh, I think so. And I'll say, how about you repent of it then? Jesus, may I say your name and not curse next time when I'm angry? Can, when I get angry, I say your name and like righteousness and stuff? Something happens, uh, Jesus Christ. And then you, you talk. I don't know how it will happen to you, but Alleluia works great. Alleluia works great. Jesus Christ works great. Wait upon Jesus Christ and the promise is you shall renew your strength. You, you will not grow weary or faint. You will mount up like eagle's wings. And if you have, I know you've seen them. Beautiful soaring bird, power and glory and freedom. Yeah, you'll mount up on eagle's wings. I'm going to make you look at one more text with me here. So turn to page 510. This is Psalm 116, and I've been praying it regularly for a couple of weeks now, and it just, as we get closer and closer to this day, it just felt more and more like it was actually in preparation for this day that I, that I stumbled upon this as part of my devotions. Um, and uh, I'm going to read it through here with just a very little commentary, especially as we get close to the end. Uh, and as uh, we hear parts of it that as Lutherans, we definitely sing in some of our services. And, and then finally, I'm going to skip one line. I'm going to come back to that line as the last line in the sermon. Then, All right. So page 510 near the bottom, Psalm 116. It says, I love Jesus Christ. Because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of shoal lay hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. And I called on the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is Jesus Christ, and righteous, our God, is merciful. Jesus Christ preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for Jesus Christ has dealt bountifully with you. 
For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before Jesus Christ in the land of the living. I believed. Even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said, in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to Jesus Christ for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of Jesus Christ. I will pay my vows to Jesus Christ in the presence of all his people. Verse 16, O Jesus Christ, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of Jesus Christ. I will pay my vows to Jesus Christ in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of Jesus Christ, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise Jesus Christ. And then verse 15, the precious in the sight of Jesus Christ is the death of his saints. In Jesus' name. Amen.